welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Nina Spears, the Baby Chick, and I'm here with Teresa, the founder of Montessori in Real Life, co-creator of the Montessori Guides, and a mom to a three-year-old girl and a one-year-old boy. Prior to momming and blogging, Teresa received her graduate degree in developmental psychology and then her AMS certification to become a Montessori infant toddler teacher. Though Teresa is no longer teaching, she has poured all of her Montessori passion into her own home and sharing practical ways to implement Montessori at home with parents around the world. Though not every child can attend a Montessori school, any parent can incorporate Montessori practices into their home starting as early as birth. Teresa's greatest hope is for the joy of Montessori to be accessible for all. And as a Montessori parent myself, I love her work and her mission. I'm just thrilled to have her here with us today to chat all about Montessori and everything we need to know. Hi, Teresa. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We're just thrilled to learn more about Montessori since I feel it's becoming more popular these days and there are but there are still families who don't fully understand what it is and why it might be a good option for their child. So, we're just really excited to have you break it all down for us. Thank you. I'm excited to be on. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so Teresa, let's just start with the basics. What is Montessori? It's a tougher question than it seems, but the three terms that always come to mind for me are self-motivation, self-directed, and hands-on. So the Montessori philosophy was developed by Dr. Maria Montessori in the early 1900s, and her methodology has spread around the world ever since. And the idea is to provide an environment in which children are self-motivated and curious and capable human beings. And so every child is respected for who they are and where they are at individually. And in return, they learn early on to respect others and their environment. So learning is self-directed and hands-on with a gentle guidance from the adult. I love that. So what are the ages a child can participate in Montessori and Montessori classes? Yeah. So Montessori is actually for all ages. There are Montessori classes for children from infancy all the way through high school. But the most common ages for children to attend Montessori school is between ages three and six. But at home, you know, you can incorporate Montessori from birth. I am a former Montessori toddler teacher. So today I'm mostly discussing Montessori and toddlerhood in the preschool years. But just it's important to know that Montessori spans along a lot of ages. See, and I just learned something new. I didn't know that it went all the way up to high school. I thought it was just maybe to like elementary. I didn't realize that it even spans further than that. That's so awesome. Yeah, there aren't many schools yet, um, (laughs) but it can, yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so what are the differences between Montessori versus regular education so that people can have a good understanding of what they would get choosing Montessori over another uh, curriculum? Right. One key difference is that in Montessori, learning is child-led, so both in terms of pace and activities. So the teacher, which I'll be calling a guide because that's what they're called in Montessori, is sets up the classroom with learning materials for children to explore, and the children choose from there what to work with. So though there are dedicated group activities, for the most part, the Montessori guide moves throughout the classroom, helping children one at a time. 
So unlike in regular classrooms where the teacher might be in front of a class talking to everyone at the same time, the guide is moving throughout, working more individually. And this individual teaching style allows for children to work at their own pace. And another difference is that Montessori emphasizes hands-on learning. So a famous quote by Maria Montessori is, what the hand does, the mind remembers. So children learn best when they're able to really manipulate materials with their hands rather than simply seeing something with their eyes. In Montessori education, children learn in the concrete first and then the abstract. So for example, when children are learning math, they learn math through counting beads in Montessori, which is very concrete, before associating that with number symbols, which are very abstract. Or they create words through wooden letters, which are concrete, before they can write with pen and paper um, and make symbols, which is more abstract. Very cool. Yeah. There's also kind of a difference when I talk about materials. We purposely call materials in the Montessori classroom work rather than toys because the materials or work have specific purposes. So they teach skills such as a pincer grasp or size differentiation. And Montessori materials allow children to self-correct, meaning they can problem solve as they work without the teacher kind of correcting them as they go. And so this combined with the minimalism and the order of the classroom really lends itself to increased concentration and independence. And I think what's important to note is that this can kind of sound strange to parents, but that young children actually find more joy in these simple but purposeful materials than they do with bright, busy, loud toys. And so that's kind of the foundation for that classroom. I love that. I appreciate that because I feel like toys and all of that, it's just setting up our children to constantly be entertained by the item rather than them using their imagination or learning from the tool or something like that. So I think that's so amazing. And I really love how you said that Montessori is really assessing each child's individual needs and working with each child kind of with where they're at and teaching independence and all of that. So it sounds like it's just really thinking about your child individually rather than the whole class as, you know, a collective whole. Yes, definitely. Ah, that's so cool. So I think that when people start hearing a little bit about it and they're like, you know what? Yeah, independence and having more direction, you know, with my child who is at a certain level. Well, let's see how much this all costs. I think people can get a little confused when they realize, okay, the classes might be a little pricier. Can you explain to us like why Montessori schools cost a bit more and, and how much uh, does Montessori school cost typically? A couple reasons that they're a little pricier is um, one is that it requires a specific training for the teachers. So all Montessori lead teachers, regardless of their academic credentials, must receive their Montessori certification and complete a practicum, which adds costs. Another big reason is that traditional Montessori materials are expensive. So Montessori emphasizes high quality and beautiful materials. By materials, I mean furniture and tools and what look like toys or work. And those tend to be wood and natural materials and not plastic. So this ends up costing a lot when we're talking about setting up a whole school. 
it really depends on the school, the cost, um, the location of the school and all of that. So I don't really have a good estimate of what it would cost. It just depends on the on the area and the school and the age group. Because I was going to say, at least for us, we have a three-year-old and he's in Montessori. But our school, compared to the other preschools, it's pretty competitive. So I was actually really pleased by that. But I know that other people have said, oh, it's a bit more expensive. So I'm glad you broke that down for us. But so we can understand why some schools may cost a bit more than others. But I found it to be pretty competitive with the other schools. That's good to hear. Yeah. And there are more and more Montessori public and charter schools opening around the country and different programs to make Montessori education more accessible for all. So I'm glad to see that. And as we'll talk about later, there are just also so many ways to incorporate Montessori at home, even if you're, you make the decision to send your child to a different type of school. Right. That's so cool. I, yes, I can't wait to learn more about that. <laughs> so Teresa, what are the, what are the benefits children and families experience when practicing Montessori? I'd say a big one is that children develop a love of learning. So with these hands-on activities and self-guided work and a really strong sense of community, Montessori nurtures an intrinsic motivation to learn. So children enjoy learning and working through challenges because it feels satisfying to do so rather than because of rewards or punishments. So children just thrive academically because they find this joy in the process of learning. Another benefit I see is that children are just so capable and self-sufficient at a young age. So a central focus of Montessori education is practical life, which is all of the things we do in our homes and our spaces to keep them beautiful and clean, to take care of ourselves and the environment. So even toddlers in a Montessori class are serving themselves snack, rinsing dishes, putting on their own shoes and coats. In primary, age three to six, children are learning to wash and dry clothes by hand, clean floors, and even sew on a button. So it's important to note that children are never actually forced to do these things. They just love the feeling of contributing to their community in a meaningful way. And they find joy in this process just as much or more than the product itself. They're just learning to care for themselves and others. But importantly, they're also learning through these practical life activities to concentrate for long periods of time. And they're learning to follow multi-step sequences. And they're working to refine and coordinate their movements. And then lastly, another benefit, I mean, clearly I could go on and on, but please, yes, you. <laughs> children in a Montessori classroom show care and respect towards others and the natural environment as well. So many lessons in a Montessori classroom include how to speak to other children and each other with respect and kindness, how to take turns, how to communicate needs and wants in a polite and effective manner. And so with an emphasis on caring for others and caring for plants and keeping their space beautiful, even toddlers are showing an impressive level of care for others and the environment and the order of their, of their natural spaces, both at school and at home. Everything you said just sounds beautiful. I mean, it really does because I know adults who don't know how to sew a button, myself included, <laughs> right? <laughs> let alone your toddler learning how to do that. And I mean, when we enrolled our son to Montessori school, it, they listed several things that we needed to bring. And one of them was a plant. 
And I was like, a household plant? Really? And they were like, yes, because they learn how to take care of it. Just little things like that. I just found it so wonderful. And it really does teach them that practical life lessons that I, I feel are are just so sweet that we probably as parents just overlook. So I, I thought that was so cool. Yeah, it's really honestly given me such a new appreciation for cleaning up and being able to fix small things because they're, you know, my children are watching me. So the more I do in front of them, they're like, oh, I want to be able to do this too. So I'm careful to purposely, you know, do dishes and sweep the floor and fold laundry and fix something small around the house in front of them so that they see that this is just a part of our life and they're excited to do it too. Oh, I love that. That's so sweet. I tend to just go about my day and do them, but you're so right. If you're intentional about that and showing them how things are done, more than likely, they just want to be like mommy and daddy or big brother, or big sister and, and do those same things. So when you give them the opportunity to learn, it's just a beautiful thing. So cool. So what type of child would highly benefit from Montessori? Because Montessori focuses on following each child and where they're at individually, Montessori can be a really great type of education for all children, I believe. Without traditional desks, children are given a lot of freedom of movement, making it excellent for children who like to move, which is many. And with materials that engage all the senses, there's really something that interests everyone. Another component is that many children crave routine. And the ones who really kind of need sameness and order to their day can especially thrive in a Montessori classroom because they're with the same teacher in the same class for three years often, which is gives children predictability and stability and comfort. So it can help a lot of types of children. Ah, that's so cool. So I want to know, listening to all of this, it's obvious your passion for, for Montessori, Teresa. So why did you decide to become a certified Montessori instructor? Yeah, well, I stumbled upon Montessori after college when I ended up as a teacher's assistant in a new Montessori toddler school classroom. And I was just immediately drawn to the philosophy and how it resonated with my background in developmental psychology. And I was and still am amazed by how confident, focused, happy, and capable toddlers can be. At that point, though, I was already on the path towards graduate school. And a couple years later, began a PhD program in developmental psychology. Montessori was always on my mind, though. And I realized after completing my master's degree, I just couldn't see myself in academia. So I found myself back in Montessori, completed my infant toddler teacher training, and then began working as a Montessori guide. And when my husband and I found out we were expecting, we knew that we wanted to raise our children with a strong Montessori influence. And that's how Montessori in real life kind of got started. Ah. That is so cool. So, I mean, holy moly, any any school would be so lucky to have you with, with all of your education and training and experience. And so the world is so lucky to have you to be able to go on your website and to be able to follow you on social media, uh, Montessori in real life, to, to see how they can o- incorporate these things into their homes with their families. So 
podcast. It's just, it's truly amazing. But I'm now curious, you said that you had to go back and get your certification as a, as a Montessori guide. What goes into becoming a certified Montessori guide? Yeah. So as I mentioned, no matter if you have a PhD or not, you have to do a separate training to become a Montessori teacher. And so when I'm talking about the training, I'm mostly talking about AMS or AMI training, which are kind of two of the more traditional Montessori training institutes. And to get your certification, generally, it depends on the age group. It takes, though, about one to two years. And so this includes in-person classes. And often it's, you know, working around teachers and parents' schedules. So for me, it was a summer and then some weekend, you know, a full weekend of classes once a month or so. And as I mentioned, depending on the age group, it can be more or less intense. But it is a lot of work, a lot of reading, a lot of writing, a lot of projects. And then in addition to this, you complete a practicum. So you're working directly with children in a classroom, usually as an assistant. And you have someone coming and observing. Your mentor is observing you throughout the year um, and helping you grow as a teacher. So it's, it's, it's a real program. I think people ask thinking they can do it in a month and, you know, it's a good two years. Wow. That's definitely a, yeah, a commitment that you have to put in to become a certified Montessori guide then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting now with the pandemic, I think it's, there's some changes happening. So I'll be curious to see how, what it looks like now. Yeah. So something funny like I mentioned before, I see Montessori's becoming increasingly popular. And I've stumbled upon some, dare I say, fake Montessori schools that when I was interviewing different schools to send my son to, some of them had the name Montessori. But when I was watching them <laughs> and doing the full tour, it was not Montessori. <laughs> it was a full-on daycare. And so... One, is that a real thing? Like, can people just do that? And two, how can parents find real Montessori schools that follow the methods and the principles? Yeah, it is an issue. It's not copyrighted, you could say. So anyone can use the term Montessori in their school name. So the number one thing that I look for is the certification of the teachers. So what we just talked about, are the teachers AMI or AMS trained. There are other trainings, but you want to make sure that the teachers actually have a Montessori certification, the lead teachers. Another kind of giveaway is the mixed ages that I mentioned. So toddler classes are generally 18 months to three years. That's a little more flexible, but primary class is ages three to six. So that three-year block and early elementary, it would be six to nine. Whereas in a normal daycare preschool, you typically, children change classes every year. You also would be looking for materials placed neatly on low shelves rather than bins of toys. Um, You'd be looking for low tables and work rugs instead of desks. And just kind of a more minimalist look than perhaps a typical daycare preschool. Um, Another thing you could look for if you're seeing the schedule of the school is, or the class is, is there a block or two of time for uninterrupted work? So there may be a group circle time, but there should be really a, 
in a toddler class an hour or two, in a primary class, maybe a three-hour chunk of uninterrupted work time where the children are freely choosing their activities. So those are kind of the the things that I would look for. Uh, that being said, there's nothing inherently wrong with a Montessori school that doesn't meet this criteria. There's a lot of wonderful preschools that are not full Montessori but incorporate Montessori principles. It just all depends on what you're looking for. And if what you are looking for is the traditional Montessori school, then those are important components to keep in mind. Okay. Well, that what you just said makes me feel better because I was like, this is a scam. They are telling people this is a Montessori school and this is not a Montessori compared to the other real ones that I've seen. And I even know that, you know, the Montessori school that my son attends, they'll get reviewed. Like people will come in and review to make sure that they're incorporating the practices and doing everything right and certifications are current and all of that. So I just, at first, when I saw the other schools, I was like, this is just wrong. (laughs) So, but that's good to know that maybe they're just incorporating some of the practices, but aren't just a full on Montessori school. Yeah. But I agree. It does make it confusing for parents who are looking for true Montessori and, and don't have, you know, a list of what to look for. Right. But your, your questions or or things to look for is really, really helpful because I was like, well, how do I know if it's real or not? Rather than just, it's obvious. (laughs) So asking them, are you real? Right, exactly. I was like, I don't want to offend them. But at the same time, I want to know if this is the real deal or not. (laughs) Okay, so for families staying home during, you know, this whole pandemic, and kind of like you were saying how Montessori may change a little bit due to everything that we've been experiencing. How can families incorporate Montessori in their home? I'd say making your home accessible to your child is is my number one tip. So there's a lot of small ways to make a home more accessible to small children, such as low hooks for their coats, step stools for self-dressing, sink extenders for washing hands, low mirrors for washing their face, a kitchen helper at the counter for helping prepare food, and then toys and books more neatly displayed at their eye level for them to choose from. There's also many ways to involve them in simple tasks at home, like we mentioned, such as letting them sort clean silverware in the drawer, set their own table, pour their own water, fold hand cloths, and sort or match socks, and even Swiffer. You can simply make the handle of a Swiffer shorter for them to zoom around the floor with one of the dry mops. So You might be surprised how much they enjoy helping, even if it's not at the speed or with the same precision that you would do it. So that's one way. I I have a lot more resources and ideas for incorporating Montessori at home with little ones on my blog. Um, And then my friend Bridget and I also launched the Montessori Guide almost two years ago, which offers month-by-month advice and guidance on how to set up Montessori activities and materials for your child. Um, from birth to age three and and even up. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, so what is your give us the name of your blog? It's MontessoriInRealLife.com, correct? Yes, MontessoriInRealLife.com, and that's also my Instagram handle. Yes. And that's how we found her, you guys. We found her on Instagram and we were like, ah, this is gold. This is amazing. We need to talk to her. But then when you told me about the Montessori guides, I'm just really 
interested in this. So where can families go to learn about these guides and get more information about that? Yeah, it's right on my website. So if you go to my website and then go to the menu and just click the Montessori guide, there are the monthly guides that I discuss. And then we also have a Montessori kitchen ebook. So it's everything you need to know to set up um, a functional kitchen in your home to help children set their own table, serve their own snack, as well as dealing with just tricky behaviors at the table, like walking around and eating. And so the Montessori approach to mealtimes and practical life in the home. That's so cool. So you guys who are listening, if you are like, you know what, maybe we just want to start off with a few things in the house. You don't even have to think of these yourself. You can just go <laughs> to Teresa's Instagram page or her blog or get this these guides to be able to figure out, okay, what where's a good place to start, especially for you know the age that your child is in. So that is just the coolest thing. I'm so glad you made something like this for, for parents like us. Yeah, it can be really hard to know where to start on the Montessori journey. So we just really want to try to break it down for parents. Absolutely. Well, you've done it. So for you guys who are listening, again, her website, you can go to MontessoriInRealLife.com. You can find her on Instagram at MontessoriInRealLife. And then on her website, you can also learn more about the Montessori guides that Teresa was just discussing. So, oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Teresa. This was incredibly helpful, and I know our listeners learned something new. I sure did. As I said, my son attends Montessori school, and we love it, and it's just really nice to hear from an educator or a guide the true magic behind Montessori. So thank you again for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, yes. And to our listeners, we hope that you enjoyed this topic and discovered something new that you think you might want to do with your family. As always, we like to hear your thoughts and are curious if any of you incorporate Montessori into your homes or have your children attend Montessori schools. We'd love for you to share your experiences with us on our Facebook page, where we'll be posting today's episode. We'll also be answering everyone's questions in the comments. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at The Baby Chick. And of course, visit our website, www.baby-chick.com for more.